Hi all, this is Ian. And this is Lauren. Before we get started today, we wanted to get all of our plugging business out of the way up front. I do not like it when you say plugging business, Ian. Neither do I. As hopefully many of you have heard us talk about before on this podcast, Lauren and I have been working on our first narrative audio drama, The Vanishing Act. Actually, it's a comedy, but yes. It is a weird and wild dive into the 1930s and features some of the guests you know and love from Not Another Film Podcast as over-the-top characters in pursuit of answers to a mysterious disappearance. Spooky. The first episodes are out now on all of your podcast providers, so please give us a download if you like what we do here. And if you listen to and enjoy the show, please make sure to leave us a review of some kind on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. A star-based review, actual written critique, and word of mouth are all still the best way to get a young baby bird podcast to grow into a giant dragon eagle with full-fledged sponsors. All of that was incredibly transparent. So yes, please, while you're listening to us gab about our favorite movies from childhood, subscribe to The Vanishing Act and leave us a review. And, like I promised before on this show, if you also want to leave us a review for Not Another Film Podcast, I'll read it on air. I'm not above it. He's not. So, again, the plan is to head on over to your podcast provider, subscribe today, and then let us and all of your in-person and digital friends know what you think about The Vanishing Act. And one more time so it's burned into your brains, The the Vanishing Vanishing Act. Act. And now, back to this week's episode. Hey, on that note, folks, welcome to another episode of Not Another Film Podcast. This is the podcast where we take movies we used to love and we re-examine them in the harsh and sobering light of 2020. But However, not today. Yeah, not today. We're here doing something a little different. Oh, no, no, and, no, no, uh, no. to join us to do this, we are joined by two special guests. One of them is a Not Another Film Podcast all-star. It is Jacob Mundell. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Just opened a drink. Incredible. Uh, and we are also joined by the wonderful and amazing Anna Troy. How are you? <laughs> okay, me. okay. Also, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an audio I podcast, love, I, and she did yeah, the right miming action of opening a beer, which doesn't fucking work. Well, I love visual right, jokes I in an audio like medium. A, I can't do it. I was going to do like a... Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, you just did it perfectly. I wish the viewers could see all of us on the Zoom screens shoving our thumbs in our mouths right now and doing the little (laughs) pop sound. Well, Jacob, I'll be honest. Nobody can see you because all I can see is like this part of your face down. Again, you're you're doing the you're doing the hand thing. The the listeners cannot see (laughs) anything that we're talking about right now. Okay, so sorry that I didn't realize I was on here with an all star. Yeah, it's a big thing. He has it in his contract. <laughs> it's not a self-given title. So this episode, uh, as we briefly spoke about right before we started recording, this is kind of a backdoor pilot to another series. This is kind of another idea. Jacob, you came to us with this idea uh, after we recorded Snakes on a Plane, and it was truly one of, like, it was an inspired idea. I love this, this idea. Um, so... What you essentially did was you came to us and you said, have you ever considered doing music videos from the late 90s and early 2000s? And I said, no, but fuck you, because that's really good. And that's what we're doing today, folks. We're going to talk about six music videos from the late 90s and early 2000s. 
Um, and we hope that you follow along with us. Uh, but Jacob, talk to us about where this idea came from and what your relationship was to music videos in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, God, I, I had no artistic identity as a child. Um, I, think it was, I think it was really just... It was just things were good because my friends said they were good, and I was such a a hormonal sweaty mess when I was like in middle and high school. That um, so what's it, it, changed? Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Um, nothing really. The but I mean, I, where I actually didn't listen to music as a kid. Like I. My friends were really big into Linkin Park, and that's and and that's that's all I remember. You know, hell yeah. Like, um, I did not. Me watch and your music. friends would have got along. <laughs> I didn't watch music videos or listen to music in middle school, and it, I didn't develop my faves until like you know post college. But I think the reason why I had this idea was because we're watching movies from the '90s, and they're absurd. And I just one day in Quar was scrolling past. Oops, I did it again, and I had never really seen it because I didn't watch it when it was out. And I realized, holy shit, this is my first time seeing it. This is ridiculous, and this is exactly the kind of energy that Lauren and Ian capture on this podcast. So I think I came up with the idea because I originally saw these music videos through the harsh light of 2020 before seeing them in 1990. That's incredible. I'm so excited. Okay, Anna, what's your relationship to these videos and to music videos in general? Man. You a fan? Am I a fan? Are you kidding me? Um, (laughs) I feel like 95, well, no, I will, let's be honest. My childhood was split. Um, my childhood was split between being way too cool for everything and listening to a lot of good Charlotte and my so what's changed? Romance. Okay, <laughs> you know what, Mister All Star? <laughs> I love that you're too cool for things, so you listen to good Charlotte. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. Are you kidding me? Uh, my first concert was Green Day and my dad had to come in and save me from a mosh pit. I was like 12 and he had to like fight all these like 15 year old boys and like come in and like grab me and pull me out. Uh, I also have a mosh pit, an accidental mosh pit story, but it was at an AFI concert. Hey, you know what it's like. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. That moment you're like, ugh. You're like, like, I'm hardcore. And then... (laughs) Yeah, you're like, I got this, I'm hardcore. And then you're like, no, I don't got this. I mom, know. come I get me. And you're like, why didn't my mom stay with all. me at Warp Tour? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I feel like the other half of my childhood was like coming home from school and turning on TRL and just watching music videos for hours. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. same Jacob, music videos. Yeah, Jacob, yeah. If, if you don't know, TRL is Total Request Live. Uh, it was hosted for a long time by Carson Daly. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of Good Morning America fame now, uh, and uh, yeah, it featured the same music videos for about ten weeks, and yep. then they got new music videos. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, they would do like a crossover event where like you, like Nick Cannon realized he shouldn't be doing Slime Time Live anymore, and he wanted to be doing TRL. <laughs> but but yeah, that's yeah. like that's that's the times because when we were. 
what, during the this these two decades when we were that young, I feel like we hadn't yet reached this proliferation of mass media where everything is all over the internet and you can find anything you like and be into it. Back then, it was like, this is what's popular for 10 weeks. It's being dictated by the television. Everybody yeah. is into everybody is into this for 10 weeks, and we're going to talk mm -hmm. about it and watch it, and then the next thing's going to come out, and we're going to throw this in the garbage and hate it. So yep. there was that hive mind back then about, like, mm -hmm. and I think that's, like, why Britney was Britney and why, you know. Well, why, Britney is why... Britney because she is fantastic. She's a terrible singer, but she is an amazing <laughs> entertainer. We're already dropping dropping whoa. some feels. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Lauren, uh, do you want to... Those wanna... be fighting words. Lauren, do you want to follow Lauren, up? Lauren, did you see the time that she actually sang live in that one concert that she only sang live for for one time? You know what? Anna, not everything is about singing live. You know, sometimes you just gotta do it really well once, and then dance really well she and sell it. She didn't do That's how it I live really my life. well once. She got audio-tuned well once. Must things be live, Anna? Lauren, aren't Lauren, you like a debatable. stage actor? Yes, I am. What's a stage? Thank you for asking. Uh, well, what's, I mean, not anymore. What's live anymore? What's yeah, what is person? live? Yeah, no, I work purely in the audio medium now, which means that you get multiple runs at everything. <laughs> Take two. Okay, so Lauren, what's your experience with um, with uh -huh. uh, music videos and, and the like? Um, I very much was, uh, I think I, was, I came late to kind of the music video scene because I remember I didn't ever watch TRL. Um, so I don't know how I was watching all of these things. It's all a huge blur. Uh, a lot of these videos, Ian and I like to do research for which videos we wanted to, we wanted our picks to be. Um, watched just a ton of videos on YouTube. Um, and so many videos that I thought I remembered, I guess I didn't remember. Cause I was like, nope, no clue what this fucking is. Um, but I loved Britney Spears, so I would go out of my way to seek that out. Um, I was a big uh, LimeWire kid. So just downloaded all types of music all the time. Um, I'm trying to think. I was a VH1 Top 20 Countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so you were you were all about the you ought to know artists. Yeah. You were a big Sarah Bareilles and Ingrid yeah. Michaelson and Regina Spectors. Like, okay, Adele listen, was coming on the great. scene. Yeah, it was really great. Corinne Bailey Ray was big. Snow um, Patrol. Girl, put oh, your record yes. on. Yes, exactly. Um, so it was like, and they always played it on like Saturday morning. So I was like, oh, it's good, like a nice chill vibe. Um, so I also saw the same songs over and over and over again, but that was slightly after the, the videos that we're talking about now. These are all songs that I was obsessed with that I didn't necessarily know what the music videos were like. Um, so this will be an interesting journey for me today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I was huge into this shit. My sister is a musician. And so I, I grew up very much with like music, uh, on the brain, uh, because of her. And, and then I in turn started playing well, a lot I mean, of this music. This is your brain on music. Ian. This is my brain on music. And I used to watch, uh, TRL constantly when I, I used to not be able to sleep really well when I was in middle school. And the two things I would constantly turn to at two or three in the morning were either, uh, the new Scooby-Doo movies, where it was like Scooby-Doo hanging out with Don Knotts or the Harlem Globetrotters. That, he still does that today. Love it. I mean, Doug and, uh, is the best. Yeah. And then um, the like prime blocks of music videos on MTV and MTV2. 
I loved that shit. Channel 22 was MTV and channel 65 was MTV too. And I used to get really, really into, I love countdowns as we've said on the show before. I was really into TRL and really into like, like the statistics of what went into a music video holding the top spot what that meant that mm-hmm. Usher's Yeah was number one for like 19 straight weeks and like what that meant in the ter- in like in historical contexts that this was what my brain at 12 years old was concerned about. And, uh, so and so <laughs> I'm still a sweaty hormonal mess. Um, but yeah, so what I'm excited about here is we have like a nice smattering across a um, seven year period of music videos. We have six videos that we're going to do. And a few of them are just stone cold classics. It's like, we're just going to do these. And then there were a couple that we put in, we threw in for variety's sake. Cause it was like, this shit's crazy. And we can only touch on so many Britney Spears songs. Exactly. So, so there uh, listeners, we apologize. Uh, if there's anything that we left out, I'm sure there are things left out. We only chose six videos. We tried yeah. to choose the videos that had the wildest uh, plot lines. Yeah. I like video. I really, really like music videos that have stories. Um, so some of them are like some videos we watched were aesthetically wild. But I feel like our focus, if we, if we have a, a focus for the day. Yeah. It yeah. is the, the storytelling aspect. Creating and- a world. And for three and a half we, minutes. Before we like commit to like however long this is gonna be of silliness, like I just think it's it's fair to say the four people in this episode have a very kind of shared narrow perspective in some senses. This is by no means like a comprehensive cover of music in the in the nineties or the two thousands. This is this is a uh, this is a fun romp through things that we think are. Um, Kind of weird. Kind of weird nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that we've ever tried to be anything but, like, purely subjective about our own life experience. It's a distillation of popular music from this yes. time period. This yeah. is from definitely the, the pop episode of yeah. Not Another Music Video. Yeah, we're, we're not cool. <laughs> we're not throwing, like, Louis the Fourteenth like, B-side videos up mm-hmm. here or something crazy. Like, mm-hmm. it's, But maybe or, or, someday we will. Yeah, if this is good, if people like this, yeah. maybe we'll do more of these. Um, so let's dive in. We're going to go chronologically today, uh, folks. So how we're going to do this is we are going to watch the videos. We're going to say three, two, one, play. And we're going to watch the videos while we stay on air. We're going to edit out the time while we're um, while we're uh, watch, or watching the videos. But then we're going to come back immediately and we're going to talk about it. Um, so basically what's important is that you can pause the episode, go watch the video, and then come back with us. Yeah. Because you don't care about the real-time thing. We're just going to edit that out. Yep. So the first video that we are going to do is a uh, classic video called... Oh, starting hot. Yep. Everybody, uh, parentheses, Backstreet's Back. <laughs> All right. By the Backstreet Boys from 1997, the year of our Lord. So I'll give a second for all of us to cue this up. Real quick, can you remind us who the Backstreet Boys are? Who were the oh. the boys that were on the Backstreets? So the Backstreet Boys, I found this out. They they predated in sync. They were pre in sync. Oh yeah. These gentlemen. Absolutely. Um, I am not the person to ask. I don't know oh. the names. Ah, I know Nick it's Carter. Me, it's me. Yeah, okay, Anna, t- talk us through who are these five and which ones are they? Because there's like the the goofy one, the sexy one, the divorced one. Which ones are they? 
wait, so sorry. Were you asking me this question? Because I definitely muted you for a hot second. Because <laughs> this music video started playing automatically. Um, so I muted you for a minute. Great. So what are the names of the five Backstreet Boys? <sighs> Nick Carter, Brian something, AJ something, Kevin something. Ugh. Come on, you can do it, Anna. Thank you can you, do it. Kevin. Anna's trying to sneak. Ian's trying to sneak a look. Uh, uh, uh. What's it start with? H. Howie. Huey. Howie. Howie. She did it. Yeah. She got it. Which one was your favorite? Uh, oof. I mean, I was definitely a Nick Carter girl. I mean, uh, you knew then, both of his names, and you didn't know. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because none of the other ones are like at all remotely popular. Like, yeah, I blame his brother for that. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean that's real. But like with NSYNC, like you know Lance Bass, he's gone on to mm-hmm. do other things. Obviously, yeah. you know JT. I know Joey Fatone, star Joey of my Fatone. Big Fat Greek Wedding and my Big Fat Greek Wedding too. Yes, yeah. yes. You don't know the other <laughs> two. All right, shall we dive into everybody? Yes. yes. So, all right, listeners, you should press play now. We'll be right back to discuss this. Oh my god. We're back. <laughs> oh my god. Sex. I have so many questions um that I feel like we need to address. I in I this just discussion. Let's like <laughs> start with that I think a music director came up to the Backstreet Boys and was like, "We're going to do a 90s version of Thriller." Yes. <laughs> uh, so That's I actually did do a lot of I definitely did a lot of research on on this one. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to be found about this video. Mm-hmm. Um, holy shit! First off, that song rocks. Yeah, that song is amazing. It's a bop. It's a great song. But there is nothing in it whatsoever about haunted houses or, or <laughs> not even a remotely a Halloween song. <laughs> you know, and this is a thing. This is a thing with the Backstreet Boys. I don't know if it's a thing with some of the. Another video that comes to mind is Larger Than Life, where it's about the four of five of them singing to their girlfriend, and the whole music video is on a spaceship, and they're shooting robots. Yeah, and it has yeah, yeah, nothing yeah, to do with it. They're larger than life. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, word spaceship is nowhere no, no, no. in that Jacob, song. They're larger than life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so get it. And I, the and, same way that I guess all of the characters in this we're back also. Yeah, just from the like, dead. Ju- yeah, just like the Backstreet Boys, as in from the crypt, yes. Okay. I think what this posits is that uh, in 1997, uh, during their second album, which is when this came, uh, this was here, <laughs> the Backstreet Boys died between their first and second <laughs> albums, and that they needed some sort of declarative statement to bring mm-hmm. them back. Uh, and so they shot a video that looks like a bar mitzvah at Bush Gardens <laughs> to... <laughs> To show everyone how all of them has mm-hmm. w- like a ghoulish counterpart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did Mr. Hyde look like the fish from Shape of Water? I don't care. Only half of them, though. That's what makes it distinctive. I, know, my favorite part of that movie of that I almost said movie, movie. Um, because it was a film, a six-minute um, music video. I just love how they differentiated the parts with the soloists because I just think there's something so innately funny about a mummy. Singing "Am I Sexual?" Yes, um, when he is arguably the, same thing. the least sexual of the five, I would argue. Make yeah, him Dracula. Yeah, he should have been Dracula. 
Yeah, but it's yes. Nick Carter, so he they had to give him the least sexy costume just to bring him down to the rest of their Just to levels. level it out. But yeah. I mean, like, he wasn't even a sexy mummy. No. What like is Ryan a sexy mummy? He had a little what? bit of a it's muffin top. It's the same top. exact outfit. a little outfit. bit of a mummy muffin top there. Yeah, yeah a sexy mummy. He was chubby. Like, he looked a little bit like he was wearing a diaper. Like, he looked, <laughs> he looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. He's got no internal like, organs, y'all. It's got to go somewhere. And, you know, he's like, got, and he, he, yeah. he doesn't have fingers. He had mummy pants on and just no, nothing across his midsection so he could see his abs. And the rest of it was mummy. <laughs> Right. Ah, and, classic and ancient Egyptian. They also they also should have given him fingers because they wrapped his hands like oven mitts. So he had so mittens so, so he's going, Am I sexual? And he's rubbing his body with oven mitts. And then and there was this one take where he was going back into his sarcophagus and he was trying to close the lid, but he's grabbing it with an oven mitt, so he can't like quite close it right. <laughs> He also, like, humps the sarcophagus at one point and made me very uncomfortable. Um, you guys, yeah, the this, fact that we're talking about that, him he... first means Nick Carter was the hottest Backstreet Boy. I don't know why. I mean, yeah, we, we fell into the, the trap. Yeah, he was the hottest Backstreet Boy. What about the, the, who is Mr. Hyde? Who is that one? The you sensitive one. You don't know one. his name. Howie. I don't. That's Howie? I think that's Howie. Mm. He that's, has the softest yeah. features. Wait, do you mean the one that is, um... The one that is the the Phantom of the Opera, or the or the one that's half a lizard. The one that's half a lizard. I know it's hard to distinguish because is... there are only four apparently only four universal monsters, and Ugh. one of them's got to be, and two of them have to have fucked up faces. Phantom of the Opera was Howie. Mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera was Howie. Mummy was Nick. Werewolf was Brian. Um, the Dracula guy was. AJ? AJ, AJ, and then the and, other one was Kevin. Yes, Kevin's got the softest features. My vote's in for Kevin being the hottest. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. Okay, um, but I so like that our, they set it up like a Scooby Doo episode, like the yeah. opening with like the with the bus driver who was like, oh, "I'm so sorry, kids, the bus broke down." And so the bus like, breaks down, and they just show up to this fucking house without even asking if they can stay there? Yeah, no, They're the no, Backstreet no. Boys. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, don't you guys have money for a hotel? Not like, only you're the Backstreet that, Boys. But the conceit, or were they not the Backstreet Boys in this movie? The conceit seems to be that the entire Backstreet Boys tour was this bus driver and the four kids in a bus. Like, they didn't have AIDS, they didn't no band. have helper, no band, no no manager. And this guy, he pulls up to an abandoned house and says, all right, I know you guys are making millions of dollars, but it's just you guys and me, and I've got the wrench. So I'm going to go, I'm going to smoke this giant doobie, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fix the, the, the bus. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slip some, uh, some ayahuasca in your dinner, and you're going to wake up tomorrow morning after your vision quest and you're gonna be guess what you're gonna be back Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. (laughs) they did Um, go on a journey yes he did lauren you have anything you want to follow up with um i would love to go back to the beginning of the video where i believe it's nick carter finds something in his uh like in his bed that he like pulls out and it's like a full rabbit maybe no 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 that's brian he's becoming the werewolf and then something fi- about the rabbit, and I don't know if he was finding prey. 
that he had killed because he was a werewolf. Or he fucked that rabbit, a very werewolf thing to do. Yeah. It was coming from between his legs. Like, it definitely it was. Definitely Is he shedding? slithered in. Like, I didn't understand it. I thought another human being was going to pop out of- Me too? Those bed sheets, and I was like, this is about to get rated R. Me uh, too. It slithered in like a bunny. <laughs> so, guys, let's say the four of us were teenagers, and we got dropped off by our tour bus at a haunted house, and we were told sure. away from the fix-it- is the first things that we do to say, all right, I guess we better go to bed and wait. Like, they they all went to bedrooms and they just no, said, No, gonna... they didn't all go to bed. Brian right, went, to bed. went to bed. Howie had an entire banquet and then there was a <laughs> dance. <laughs> have, you ever seen, have you ever seen the 1995 Casper with Christina Ricci? Oh, yeah. This felt like that party at the end of Casper. <laughs> yeah. I was just expecting I mean, Catherine O'Hara to like pop out somewhere. Yeah, or like, or Devin Sawa, who kind of looks like a young Nick Carter. Mm-hmm. I would love to discuss the um, dance moves um, because they are bad. What dance they are moves? Very bad. But this is the where I got the thriller vibes. Mm-hmm. Was this thriller's a great dance? Was this was this Romeo and Juliet esque? Open billowy shirts and full petticoats. You listeners can't see me, but I'm saying this in quotes. Victorian time yeah. period. Yeah, for for thirteen year olds' ideas of of Victorian. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the dance moves in this are are horrible and They're- slow. Like the song is a banger. You want to dance to it, and then like the first cut. Like, it's a very dramatic cut. Is all of them legit just doing, like, a two-step? I, like, I a actually, legit shitty two-step dance. I actually have a reason for this. I know why, why this is. Why is it bad? Please. So, this whole thing, uh, was this was a 36-hour video shoot. So they, like, barely had time to choreograph they anything? They barely had time. Well, and a lot of it boiled down to, this is an, an incredibly expensive music video for the time. This music video cost a million dollars to make. What? A million dollars. Where and Joseph Kahn. I have no clue. It all went directly to Party City, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Joseph Kahn, uh, who directed the video, um, the the studio behind it did not like the concept at all. They were like, no, we don't like this whole haunted thing. It has nothing to do with the song. What a crazy thing to think. Um, and they didn't believe that MTV was going to like the video either. But the band was like, no, they're going to like it. So the band put up the budget for this music video. Mm. Backstreet Boys produced this music video. It was the first video that they themselves produced. So this is the vision of five auteurs Mm -hmm. who just wanted to be seen. As a mummy. (laughs) Yeah, you know. I I want want them to see me as my true self. (laughs) Yeah, and they had to fight with the label to, to release this. Uh, because the label was like, fuck no, this video makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> and it came out, guess what? Nominated for two VMAs, won one. So fuck <laughs> you guys. Who's the real winner? Guys, Psych, it's the Backstreet Boys. This video makes so much more sense now. Obviously, the Backstreet Boys made their own costumes, made their own <laughs> props, did their own choreography, wrote the script. And spent a million dollars on it. lottery tickets. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and the banquet was just craft services. They were like, yo, 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 point that camera over here. Point right that here, camera right over here. here. We right got here. a roast beast. <laughs> okay, um, maybe some of you who are more musically inclined would know this. What is that instrument at the very beginning of the ballroom dance? It sounded like an interesting metallic drum or something. It was like... It was probably synthesis. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just going to go on record and say that every sound in this was made from a synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was a real instrument. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's th- this shit was wild. Um, Who choreographed to, this? Do we know? I couldn't find the choreographer. Uh, okay, well, that's why. <laughs> fun fact, though, about um, Joseph Kahn. So Joseph Kahn is a, a big music video director. He's won several MTV Video Music Awards, but he had been nominated for... Um, he's been nominated for a shit ton as well, including Brandy and Monica's This Boy Is Mine. Great oh, song and video. Yeah. Britney Spears' Toxic, unbelievable a video. video. Uh, Pussycat Dolls, When I Grow Up, and a slew of Eminem videos, uh, including one that he won for, Without Me, which is an incredible video, which I almost shortlisted for this episode. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's he's got a bunch of got a bunch of stuff in there. And uh, he went up from here. Also, the Backstreet Boys requested that Antonio Fargas play the bus drivers, the gentleman who played the bus driver, because he was in Starsky and Hutch. And they were huge fans of Starsky and Hutch, apparently, in Backstreet Boys. Great. Oh, my God. How are these guys my idols? They, they were so cool. Still are. Um, I would just love to give a shout out to some of my uh, my favorite dance moves in this. Um, Nick Carter doing one move as the mummy the entire time. And that move was I'm a little teapot. Um, I love um, the part at the end where they were legit just doing a Pilates core workout Um, and then I loved the um, this is going to be very difficult in an audio medium but I called it like the little like fin move where they're just kind of like swoosh swoosh but like not using their whole arms just kind of like their hands they were just like swoosh hand fanning Swoosh, side to side. Swoosh, side to side. They were doing Alexis Rose hands. Yeah, Mm. like Alexis Rose on Schitt's Creek just like talking. But with Just claws. doing her like yes. David. Little claws. Yeah. Yeah. I also loved the um that I'm Am I the Only One was sung by Brian as a werewolf because it just felt very existential. Like, am I the <laughs> only <laughs> It was like the Tigger movie. It's like, am I the only am I the only werewolf left on the earth? Um and I, I quite enjoyed that. I'm the onlyest werewolf. Yeah, I think that like Am I Sexual being sung by a mummy gave it an extra like self-reflective quality of like I, I can't be sexual. Am I anymore. sexual? <laughs> I can't be sexual anymore. I'm a mummy. No one will ever see me that way. It was like a genuine question this way around, not like a, a brag. Yeah. Ian, I might have missed this when you said it, but I just want to make sure we get it. Did you mention earlier that like Backstreet Boys are still a band? Oh, yeah. They uh, uh, yeah. prior to uh, prior to COVID and the shutdown, they had a, a floor show in uh, Las Vegas. Good for them. Like a three-hour-long show. Like I knew a couple people who went to go see it, and they were like, it was incredible. I would pay... A billion dollars to see that. A billion dollars? Yes. Is Nick Carter still the hottest one? No. It, well, is he is he sexual? <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. No. But is he the only one? No. Well, there he's everything you them. need. You better rock your body now. Nick Carter is not sexual anymore. Y'all, that Carter family is a wreck. It is a hot <laughs> mess. And by that, well, we're I gonna mean get to just it. a mess. 
All right. All right. Shall we move on to video number two? Yes. Yes. Let's All do right. it. All right. Video number two coming at us from the year 2000. That's right, folks. It is Oops, I Did It Again. All right. By you better. You know it by heart. Yes. But let's do it. We'll be back afterward. And we are back. <laughs> Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. That was incredible. A force. <laughs> A force her. majeure. I love her so much. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah, when Jacob first suggested this, you mentioned Oops, I Did It Again, and I couldn't remember which video this was. Oh, man. And so I... I immediately was like, oh, this is the schoolgirl one. And then I was like, oh, no, no, no. That's Hit Me Baby One More Time. Went back and How watched that. How dare you? I went back and watched that video as well. How did they allow this on television for kids? Who knows? But you know what? Thank God they did. Listen, we we allow WAP on television for kids now, so. <laughs> That's my recommendation for the end of this. It's just WAP. <laughs> Considering it's the only music video I've watched in the past, like, seven years. I mean, honestly, seven years. it's fantastic. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, first thoughts. Uh, Lauren, what, what do you got? Um, overall thoughts or sure, let's theories go. about what it's about. Okay, so why don't you talk us through um, basic premise? Um, oh God, where do I even begin? Um, so it's space camp. <laughs> there's there's people on Mars. It's Mars, correct? Correct. Um, this is basically a spiritual successor to uh, The Martian, you know. Um, they're all on Mars. One got one astronaut is out there. For some reason, he's being lowered on a crane, even though there is no gravity on Mars. I don't know why that's the case. Yeah. Um, and then they find something in the... I know that they say, whoa, they're horsey. They find a Polaroid of Brittany. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of Brittany, who I assume is his girlfriend back on Earth. And no. he then hallucinates no. an alien to look like her, right? No. That's, like, that's my interpretation. I feel like you could have 80 different interpretations of this. She so, is like, you a know what? Martian. Don't criticize me. Don't, no, okay, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think she is a shape-shifting Martian that looks like his girlfriend back on Earth. Um, no. how would she know what his girlfriend looks like? Because she can read his mind. What? Oh, so shape-shifting is totally cool, but, like, they can't read minds? Pfft. Okay, Ian. I mean, I think you need to spell that out. Anna, what, what do you think is happening here? I mean, my thoughts are that she's just a hot Martian who took a selfie mm. in space, dropped mm. the Polaroid, couldn't find it, and he mm. stumbled upon it and was like, who is this beautiful woman? And being the only Martian here, she was like, oh, hey, it's me. And like but she's up. not the only Martian there. She's got backup dancers. She's got the guys from she's Mad Max working those pumps. She's the only female Martian there. All those hot guys working those levers back and forth that do what? We don't know. But they're all men. She's the they only control woman. the backup dancers. Uh, Jacob, what do you think is happening here? I just... I want to know what the men with the levers are doing. They're, like The entire time, she's being fierce. She's powering the ship with how fierce she is. Just dancing, dancing, dancing. Meanwhile, in a semicircle behind her, there are these hot shirtless guys with two levers, left and right. And each one, they're just pulling them, pulling the levers, left, right, left, right. It's like a... It's like a, it's like it's like oh what is that it's like an elliptical but the yeah, but they don't need it because they're already so hot and they're just pulling mm -hmm. levers to power Brittany who powers the ship and oh I like that thought and it has that no, Brittany's the one who powers the ship 
Well, she's clearly the queen or something of Mars. I'm with Anna. She's Absolutely. like the hot Martian. She's she's so juicy. She's like the hottest girl in the eighth grade. And every nerd, <laughs> every nerd is, every nerd, spa- astronaut, clearly a nerd, you know, is into her. And the slightest thing she does by like looking in his direction makes him think she's he's got a shot and she's in love with him. And she's like, oops, sorry, this is what I do. I just did it again. I made you think that I'm in love with you, and I'm not. Sorry. She's like a siren in space. Ooh, space siren. I think she's a space siren. Anna, what what'd she got? I would just like to applaud this video for um, the realism that it uses when uh, she takes the helmet off of the astronaut yeah. that his head has to expand and then come back to size. But then he's uh, fine. Because of the different pressure, you know? Yeah, so, I really like that commitment to realism. I like, like that really, like, detail. It yeah. looked like the commercial for uh, Warheads. Yes. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was so, it's it's not even that the pressure on Mars is too much. It's just that it's so sour that his head explodes. I do have a major question. Yeah. Yes. Which is that I understand that he has the 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 diamond of whatever the sa- the what is Titanic it the heart diamond. of the, the heart of the ocean yeah the, the heart, heart of, the, of ocean. the ocean um but he says I went down and got it for you for so, you he says for you for you so so what I'm hearing is he he goes to Mars he finds Brittany he falls in love with her he leaves Mars he travels back down to Earth he goes on a scuba diving exposition he finds the heart of the ocean that nobody else has found in the last hundred and some years comes back to Mars and delivers it to her all in this four minute video So, that's easy for you to believe, but not my idea, which is that there's a beautiful girl back on Earth that he falls in love with, goes down to the bottom of the ocean, gets that for, but then he's got to go up to space, and then in space, this beautiful shape-shifting space siren looks exactly like his ex-girlfriend, and then he gets to give it to her then to get closure on their relationship. You keep saying ex. Why wouldn't she just be his current girlfriend that this monster is is tricking? Because she did it. Again, implying she's done it before. But yeah, she's Lauren, tricked other guys to give Lauren, her jewels. <laughs> a- again, so we gotta remember three. that this song has nothing to do with this video. You just described two round trips to Mars, Anna. You don't get <laughs> yeah, to talk to me about not, realism in space. The lyrics, ah, the lyrics don't talk about boo. going to Mars boo. or space aliens or hot boo. guys on levers. The lyrics just talk about how she like fucked up again. Sorry, can I say yeah. that on this podcast? You can they, say that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they you know what they don't mention? They don't mention two round trip tickets to Mars. But here, here you are with your theory. I'm just saying mine's just as valid as yours. I'm just saying my theory doesn't make sense. Like, how does he go Neither back mine. down to Earth and then scuba dive and then go back to Mars? Like, do you know how long it It'll takes? It'll be easier to, to believe you only did it once to Mars. But then a long time. But then no, 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 because your theory doesn't make any sense either. Because in your theory, what would have to happen is he found mm-hmm. this hot girl, he mm-hmm. got the necklace, mm-hmm. he went to go give it to the girl, and then 
somehow didn't give it to the girl on Earth, brought it with she him broke in up a with spaceship him. to Mars? Like, he brought the necklace with him to Mars? Mm-hmm. And then why would he tell her that he went back down to go get it? Or... I don't see the problem in what you're describing. It makes complete sense to me. I think I think the other option is she is um, like the head of a a heist ring on Mars, and mm-hmm. she her part of her siren powers is to trick men mm-hmm. into giving them things that they have planned to give to their. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of buy more so the the shape shifting. Uh, dynamic. The thing that but bothers me the most that I think none of us have talked about is the fact that this is by far the youngest astronaut and mission control team <laughs> that has ever worked for yeah, NASA. This dude is 19 at best, and the guy who his communications, it, it, like who's his communications person, who's munching on popcorn while he's like jerking off to Britney Spears dancing for most of this video, that dude can't be more, that dude looks like squints from the Sandlot. <laughs> he can't be more than 14 years old. So my theory is, this is a space camp, mm. and she is not on Mars. She's at the cool girl space camp across the river. Oh. And so they've, like, simulated this whole, like, you're going to go into Mars conditions. That's why his head doesn't actually, you know, explode. But It just expands I think- and comes back together. He and saw that's why he, gravity is still in work. Yeah, he that's saw. That's why he's on a crane. Imagine being like 14 years old and going into like a um like a Mars like virtual reality experience, and you're confronted with someone who look even if it's an alien, someone who looks <laughs> like Britney Spears in a skin tight red leather jumpsuit. Your head would do that too. So Don't tell wait, me it wait, wouldn't. Wait, wait, wait. Is he if an they're on Mars, going to space camp. I'm sorry? Is he an 18-year-old who's going to space camp? Or is he supposed to be 14 dreaming about this experience? I think that that actor uh, could put on his website 14 to 18 age range. <laughs> if there are Mars- And that this role requires all of it. Why was he doing the moonwalk if they were on Mars? <laughs> you know what, Jacob, you're right. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, I okay. Th- it, it, it's a fun game to try to make sense out of a music video, but I, I think I want to get at like the emotional truth here, which is that I think there's a trend through the '90s that it's like they is like th- there's this consistent malalignment with what the song is about, with what they put on camera, and mm. it happened in Everybody as well as you know many many others, and I think. There's this like, okay, this is art. We can get interpretive. We can get a little weird. What are we going to do? This is about being so hot that people think you want them even though you don't. So we're going to Mars. And I think, I, 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 think I, I'm, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm fascinated by the exploration of the 90s. And just the blatant, flat, hard um, metaphors of what was put into music videos to match the content of the song. Yeah. Listen, the 90s, as much as we shit on them, was the decade of of possibilities. You could do (laughs) literally 
anything in the 90s. Like, we wore jelly shoes and roll-on body glitter, and we frosted our tips. And like, Snap bracelets snap could have slit our wrists at any point, and we and still like, used them. It didn't matter. In the 90s, you wore, like, frosted lip gloss, <laughs> and, like, you could do and be anything in the 90s and like, i think that's what's reflected in all 90s you could wear pants videos. that were like showing your entire ass in the 90s oh, okay. and you're like it's low rise whatever yeah i i mean yeah low rider jeans we, we've already talked about this it's, it's a horrible thing that happened to people it's it's awful but i think that there's something to go back to jacob what you were saying about trying to get to the emotional truth of of the song because you know we even talked about this how it's like you could interpret everybody back parentheses backstreet's back as like they're coming back from the dead you know they're coming back as these monsters so you could interpret this the line that i keep getting hooked on in this song is um the the playful refrain i'm not that innocent which because this was on britney's second album i think that she had this like right if i'm remembering correctly she had this image as kind of like this like sweet sexy little girl next door kind of thing and this was like her coming out party as oh, a like yeah. sex symbol which is why she's in the skin tight suit and she's in the like like for all like you could play the whole which granted like watch hit me baby one more time that shit is as sexual as any video is ever gonna get but you could like you could see them like being like mm, but they're in school it's not sexy it's in school whereas this is like the way to distance oneself from being purely overtly sexual is to set it on Mars. <laughs> so that it's like, no, that's just how Martians act. Like, they're just not that innocent. Whereas Britney fluctuates between two different outfits in this. You know, the skin tight, the classic skin tight red leather suit looks great. And like a two piece white suit that she's like writhing on a dais mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're getting a God's eye <laughs> shot of. Yeah. And again, both of them like, pretty salacious uh outfits not to take anything away from her she looks great and like but it's i do think that there's like the the concept of the video puts the performer at a distance from the subject matter that they're singing about uh in a way that is kind of interesting i will say that mars and the red jumpsuit was britney's idea like she said i want that and whether or not there was a connection between the content or not, it was like J it was like a Samuel L. Jackson wanting a purple lightsaber in Star Wars. He, they they said this is this the the buck stops here, and that's what they did. So I, I I'm with you, Ian, and I think there's some delightful magic between how they literally tried to make some some flat metaphors and how some things in the '90s, like Anna said, are just like I want to be on Mars. Um, one more fun fact, uh, set light fell off the grid and hit Brittany in the head and she, um, <laughs> she had to go <laughs> and instead of doing the responsible thing and shutting it down, um, uh, and to be continued on another date, she like sat down for four hours and then they kept going. Cause she's a fucking professional. Was that why she's laying down? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Listen, um, we all work through a concussion from time to time. I do want to say a couple a couple quick facts about this. This was directed by a gentleman named Nigel Dick, who has several music videos to his uh, to his name. Directed a bunch of Guns N' Roses videos, a bunch of Nickelback videos, as well as um, two classic Britney videos, You Drive Me Crazy and Stronger. 
both two of her dance hair, dance heavier videos, uh, which I think is something because I do think like we have not talked about it. I think the dancing in this is pretty fun for like a yeah. big pop like music video. It's yeah. definitely better dancing than the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. The the only other thing that I want to hit before are two things, I guess. One nominated for three VMAs didn't win any but nominated for three. Fucking boo. Yeah. Backstreet Boys won for theirs and not this one. This had so many more iconic dance <clears throat> moves, like the hand movements in the middle that Anna was just doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was doing those for years. Yeah. yeah. Also though, this this video is so, like the production value of this video is so much better. So than much better. Backstreet Boys, Backstreet's back. All right. Um, yeah. I will also say something that has always bothered me about this song. That, like, when you make it, when you record an album, you were in the studio for a long time recording, right? And when you're someone like Britney Spears, at least in this moment, other people are writing a lot of your songs. Let's say 99% of your songs, other people are writing. So they couldn't have had a little bit of extra research to figure out what the old lady's name was from Titanic. She says, oh, but I thought the old lady threw that over the boat at the end. But hey, hey, hey. A, no, 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 no. I just feel like it's disrespectful the to Rose. The songwriters did not write that. That's oh, Brittany improv that. That's not in the song. That is in the That's music dialogue. video. That's not in the actual song? No. That's in the song. No, it's in the like the That's official definitely in the song. Oh, the actual song. Yeah. So, like, so why the couldn't they have just said I thought didn't write that? I thought Rose threw it in the water at the end of the movie. They're no, they're trying to make it accessible to even people who haven't seen Titanic. And they know the old lady by yeah. spoiling the end of Titanic? I'm not bothered by it. I think it works. Also, spoiler she Titanic sinks. Yeah, also, she's a <laughs> Martian. But here's my thing. How does how does this Martian know about the Titanic. Because she caused it. Prove oh. me wrong. Well, no, no, she no, knows no, it no, because no. she read his memory and she saw that he and his ex-girlfriend went to see Titanic together. I rest my case. I'm with Lauren. The Martian does not know about Titanic. The Martian saw Titanic. This is clearly a pop culture reference, so it's about the movie. Not. Or is the Martian James Cameron? Is is Brittany James Cameron? Or is the Martian Mark Watney from the movie <laughs> The Martian? And he has been on Mars for so long that he thinks he's Britney Spears. I just, I'm just saying. I want to end on this note, which is that... Yeah. I guess you're this, in charge now. Yeah, I'm in charge. <laughs> no, I want to end on this note. And I feel like Lauren will agree with me, which is that mm -hmm. this video was iconic. I remember seeing this video for the first time as a kid and being like, holy shit. Like, I remember, see, I remember seeing Britney Spears in that red leather jumpsuit for the first time and being like, this is what an icon looks like. Like, this mm -hmm. is it. Like, this is iconic. This yep. is our Madonna. No argument from me. Yeah. Then she got to kiss Madonna. Yeah. All right. So let's pull gotta, up the we next, move on or we're never gonna next video, it. folks. That's right. We are hitting the next generation of Carters. We are going to Aaron Carter's Aaron's party, parentheses. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing this one. Come get it. <laughs> oh. All right. All we'll right. we'll, we'll see, see you on, on the other, other side. side. Oh. You know what? Man. For a second, I was like, wow, I'm at the party of the month. It turns out it's the party of the year. <laughs>
Yeah, I like how we just made a point about like, oh, all the trends were that like you do something completely different from the song in in your music video, and this one's like, haha, literal as fuck. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine though if he had done this exact song, but it, it had said it in like a haunted house, a haunted house, <laughs> or, like, or, or like a ski Mars. slope. Yeah. So I it was guess like, it's like yeah, we're doing like Aaron's party, but the theme is Inception. Like, <laughs> so Jacob, talk to me about why this video. Yeah, like so I chose this video. I'm actually more intrigued by what Lauren just said, so I'm gonna wrap back around to that. But I chose this video because, um, this was one of the few music videos I saw in middle school, and that's because I was a little one-handed, closeted baby gay boy, and and <laughs> and that you loved Aaron's party. <laughs> well, I saw this music video, and and just you know. Regardless of the art, something inside me went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and and I just watched it over and over and over and over for those purposes. And looking back now, as a thirty-two-year-old man with two cats, like that is a child. That is a child. <laughs> he is a baby. It's that a baby. He is a BB. He is he is younger in this video than the cat that is looking at me right now, and um, <laughs> and you know, I don't know. Like so, going back to Britney, they got a lot of um, flack later on for uh, um, uh, the Britney Spears music video in school. Which one was that? Uh, Hit me, baby, baby, one more time. Hit me, baby, one more time. Later, much much later, after society, you know. Matured a little bit. We said it was wrong to sexualize that 16 year old girl so hard. And, like, I don't know. I feel like the same thing is going on here. It's like. Is it? It's, it's like, look at this hot little baby boy. Everyone I wants. I feel like maybe your pervy mind went there. Sure. But the rest of us were like, look at this massive party. Though, I guess he does get, like, pimped out on a bike. He's the song is a yeah the song insinuates which like uh, trying to like look at it the way that like I looked at it when I was like 10 or 11 when this Mm -hmm. song came out like because this video came out in the year 2000 so I was nine years old when this song came out and like definitely looked at this song and looked at the party in this video and the party being described in the song as like man, I bet he's going to hook up with a girl in this party. <laughs> and definitely the insinuation is like, he's going to hook up with somebody at this party. Yeah, but that's also like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's... I think that's true. But like, who do you think his fans are? Who do you think the target audience is for this audience? It's his fans girls are young girls. But listen, 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 who listen, wanna... listen, listen. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I was Whoa. a young girl. Watch where we're going there. <laughs> I was a young girl when this video came out. So I can speak from experience, okay? Um, and nowhere in this video is he like macking on a girl. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in this video is any girl in there like, at all provocatively dressed or really even shown. Like, it's really just a bunch of close-ups of Aaron Carter at this party. At one point, he's like, he literally, like, it is aggressively wholesome in a lot of ways, despite Mm -hmm. the fact that it's about an unauthorized house party. It's like, oh, the girl I'm crushing on walks in. Oh, look at the honey over there. I'm gonna go talk to her. Like, But then you can't, because someone spilled juice on your family pillows. (laughs) Again, it is, like, so 
tame that it's like yeah you can you can always like have young girls like project upon the the young girls in there and be like I want to talk to Aaron but like I don't think that like in the same way that I think that like I don't think it's the same thing as Britney Spears because I think Britney Spears the problem with her is that she's like a 16 year old that is being put on display for the gaze of older men sure. like that okay. it is like this is she her body is specifically on display she is specifically acting provocatively towards the audience and to the viewers but in she, a way that like that, that young boys okay. are, are so, not really done in media like he's not dressed provocatively he's not acting like he's trying to like you know like punch it. upward in terms like you know he's he's just trying to like be like i'm a cool kid that boys want to be and the girls think are is safe and to like have a crush okay. on you know so so what just happened in this conversation was i put way too many of my own cards on the table and um, <laughs> young and, Jacob, we yeah, know a lot Jacob about you now. Jacob is a perv, is what we've learned. <laughs> no, baby, just no baby more. Jacob. Okay. We were well, all pervs. Let's, let's pivot away oh, from this. Let's pivot away I from was the a sex total then. Perv. Y'all remember Jeremy Sumner and his Peter Pan that came out? Yeah, I watched that as an adult, and I was like, <laughs> I was old enough that when that movie came out, I shouldn't have been crushing on Jeremy. And I am way too old now, and I am still crushing on Jeremy's. <laughs> you just get transported back into your like twelve-year-old self, and you're like, "Yep, there yeah, it goes. I've regressed." All of this. Thank you so much, uh, Jacob. Where, where were you going with this? Well, I was just saying. So, like, putting the putting the sex aside, I think like being a kid <laughs> watching this party, there was that sense of like. Yes, this is what I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to be cool. I'm supposed to be like mm-hmm. Aaron. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be all these things. This is the party that happens all the time. I just got to figure out how to get invited. And yep. Like, yep. you know, <laughs> yeah. And I totally agree with you. You know, like this is what you thought was happening every weekend somewhere. You know, you just got. And I was I was the only one not being invited. That's exact. No, Jacob, you're absolutely right. I totally felt like that. It preyed upon my insecurities as a fat nine year old to be like, man, I'm never gonna get invited to Aaron's party. I'm be- <laughs> Here's the thing. This is like a this is like a a, a well known trope throughout all teenage things, which is like this massive heart like house party, like this massive blowout. That happens, and I'm like, did it? No, did it, did, I don't no. even remember and he's hearing lying. about something like this as a and that's, no. and that's what I'm getting at is like looking back on it now, it's like, oh, they erected a soundstage in his backyard. Like this, this doesn't happen. Um, so like, and Aaron looked super cool to me back then. And hot, but super cool. And so now, looking back, what I'm noticing is like he doesn't even have a really articulate rapping voice. Like he, like he, he's got that kid. He's got that soft, like kid nasal thing going on, where he's like, uh, I I can't even. uh, They got it from France. Hot take. Oh my god, this song is too fast for him. This song is too fast for him to rap to. Yeah. Like I genuinely like you can hear him like trip over his words a couple times. Yeah, because like a few Yeah. But but <laughs> I do think to talk about the realism of what like could have happened in this video, which I really wanted to see happen this time, is when his parents get home, he's got another verse and another uh chorus after his parents come home and they find him and his dad's like, I'll run! 
And I wish that the rest of the video had been him grounded doing chores, but still <laughs> rapping with the same enthusiasm or, that he had been doing. Or, yeah, like show some story. consequences. Or like, yeah, exactly. I mean, he what said, you said he's going to be grounded. They said he was grounded, but then they just went back in time to when the party was cool, when what they should have done was continue the story. And another thing they could have done, Ian, was like, take now Aaron's grounded, but he's taking the party underground, and he's he's digging a tunnel out of <laughs> the basement. He's going to speak easy going, Aaron's yeah. speak easy. <laughs> if we... Aaron Carter, if... Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, if on, if on every single Aaron Carter album, of which, you know, who knows how many there are, just Aaron, but if on every Aaron Carter album, there was just a different song that was just like, Aaron's speakeasy, Aaron's bar mitzvah, Aaron's trip to the mall, and it was like the same beat that is vaguely run DMCs, it's tricky, but then it just kind of like runs into whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah, Aaron's hardware store. Even- and then even when he's not, like, putting out albums, it's just, like, once a year, we get a track from Aaron Carter. <laughs> it's, like, Aaron's daughter's, like, birthday party. Aaron's Bastille Day party. <laughs> <laughs> That's called, there's two There's two franchises like that, and one is called Ernest, you know, does this, Ernest Yeah, the does Ernest Board 9, yeah. And then there's books called Clifford has uh, yeah. Christmas. Clifford the Big Red Dog makes oh, muffins. Oh, I love Clifford. They're making a live version of this. A live-action Clifford, and it looks horrible. Of course they are. <laughs> um, um, can we talk about my favorite line in this whole song, which I don't know why, but it gets to me every single time, which is when they talk about how they broke the lamp, and then she's like, hope it wasn't expensive, and he goes, they got that from France! And <laughs> every time, I lose it. Mm-hmm. I lose it. Mm-hmm. Like that is the equivalent in this in this music video mm-hmm. of being rich and posh is France. Yeah. Like it's such a 90s cliche. My favorite line from the song um was definitely the like I'm going to get picked off my family tree. <laughs> and like just the, the dark undertones of like he's going to get murdered. <laughs> my dad's going to kill me. Hey everybody look over here. I also just really really I want thought it someone was... I want some dedicated person to just recut this this entire thing, but instead of Aaron Carter, it's Baby Yoda. And it's Baby Yoda's party, and then like the Mandalorian pops in at the end, like, no! It's all I want. Someone in the internet can it It's just coos. Yeah. So, Ian, at the end of, of, of episodes about movies, um, you guys always have us pick a modern equivalent. Who is the 2020 Aaron Carter? Sean Mendes. <laughs> Probably, in all honesty, yeah. Uh, He's somebody who, very much like Aaron Carter, Mm -hmm. I know none of his music. Mm -hmm. I know he's a big deal, and I could point him out if someone were to show me a picture of him, but I could not sing you any of his songs. He's a hottie. (laughs) No, he's a very attractive dude. Mm-hmm. But it's like, there's like, you know, in my brain, and I'm sure I'm going to get kicked out of my generation for saying this. I see a picture of like him, Harry Styles, and like, I don't know, somebody else from One Direction. I'm like, I genuinely could not tell you the difference of who these people were. Okay, like, yeah. Well, you're wrong Harry Styles. These like sinewy brunette men. Harry, like, I think Harry Styles is another one. Harry yeah. Styles, no. Harry Styles is actually an artist. He has artistic merit. Not much. I listen Well, I did listen. Whoa. I listened to his album. I liked his album. Um, 
Uh, yeah, there's this, this song is wild. The other thing that's, that I just want to talk about before we go into the next one is the whole premise of getting his parents out of the house was like, Hey, you haven't gone over to see aunt Joan in a while, which imagine if your sister and brother-in-law showed up at your house unannounced (laughs) and were like, well, we just haven't seen you in a bit. You would think either a someone died, you were about to die, or like just like any any number of other horrible things had happened. It is such a scary pretense to visit somebody over and just be like, I haven't been here in a while. I just wanted to see you. Hopefully my vagrant son does not throw a party and bust out the mini stage in the back. I also want to know who the graphic designer was that made flyers and put them up day of throughout was- the neighborhood. <laughs> like that was serious graphic design work. That wasn't just like somebody wrote it on a piece of paper. That was like a fully designed flyer. In my Agreed. mind, they just saw the the scene in um, the classic scene in uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, uh, <laughs> where like the the one dude's party just gets blown way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. That he's like smoking cigars at and eating a charcuterie board, and then all those people show up, and it's like, oh, that's Aaron's party. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, all right, are we ready to dive into the next one? Yeah, how, how we doing? Like, like uh, Ian, Lauren, we're at like an hour twenty. I'm great to keep going. I just want to make. I'm and I'm happy we're having so much fun. Are we gonna? Are we gonna do all six? Are we gonna power through? We're gonna power through, but also we're going to. Uh, I'm I'm editing out all of the time that the videos are happening. So okay. at the end of the day, and we've got about ten minutes of filler before the episode <laughs> begins. So at the end of the day, I think we're still gonna be at about an hour and a half long episode. Okay, nice. Great. Okay, what are we yeah. watching? Do want to do an? Ed- do we want to do another intro? You, you should probably continue the intro since we didn't get a chance to. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Let me make a note of what to edit out here to 40 seconds. Sorry. We need to do the official intro. Yeah. I'm making notes of when to cut stuff, like when to make edits here so that it can all sound like a continuous episode without us talking about notes between. So um, professionals. So the next music video that we're going to talk about here is a very special one, uh, again, that Jacob wanted to do. It is the Baja Men's Who Let the Dogs Out from 2001. So folks, feel free to tune in. Okay. Okay, so I want to start. I want to (laughs) start. I I think Jacob's already going to talk about what I was was already talking about with Ian. So yeah, please. Anna and I have an ongoing debate. It's Um, not a debate. I have facts. I have facts too. I look. I, I want the I want the listeners to listen to this paper that I printed. That, that see, I have facts. Mm-hmm. Um, the song is a hundred percent sexist, but I think Anna's debate and my debate over is who is actually saying who let the dogs out. Anna says it's men talking about ugly women saying, ugh, who let no. all these dogs out? My interpretation, no. my interpretation is that when men aggressively hit on women in an unwanted fashion, the women at this party are going, ugh, who let the dogs out at these men? And at first... It sounds kind of feminist, but then my interpretation personally is like later on the dancers, the guys in, you know, in the music video, like a, a, a dog runs behind a car. And then from the other side of the car, one of the one of the band members runs out and it's like he was the dog. He's like, yeah, man, I just got to be a, I just got to have fun. I got to chase women and, you know, and do what I want. And so and I want to I want to my last thing before I close my argument is the opening 
stanza is, the party was nice, the party was pumping, oh yippee-i-yo, and everybody having a ball, yippee-i-yo, and tell the fellas, stop the name calling, yippee-i-yo. Then them girls respond to the call, I hear a woman shout out a, who let the dogs out. So... So, there's a deep meaning to this song, but what I think is also astonishing is how, how again, with the metaphor of what they're shooting, the music video itself is literally people driving around in convertibles with fishnets chasing dogs. Um, so I want to get to Lauren because Lauren has uh, a point about this. So yeah, you're correct. Like that is that is the text of the actual song is specifically in the first like lead up to the chorus. It is like literally the per- the people saying who let the dogs out are the women at the party. But the song is also sexist because then the next verse includes basically them being like I, I have hold on I have to pull it up. But um, <laughs> dueling dramatic readings of who no, let the dogs out. It's true because like that that is what they're saying is like, oh, yeah, guys started saying shit to women and women started like talking shit back like who let the dogs out. But then then the second verse. Um, but uh, like and then they're talking about how men in response that are not those men that are calling names say that that's all part of the party. That is a line in the song. Yeah. And it's then, just like, life. Yeah. And you then gotta... they counter with who let the dogs out. And then they say, like, a dog is nothing if he doesn't have a bone, implying that, like, the dogs are the men and the women are the bones. So it's like, of course, that's part of every party is, like, women getting, like, catcalled at a party. So, like, women deal with it, basically. What's more derogatory than being called a dog? Being the inanimate bone that the dogs (laughs) chase. The dog is chasing. (laughs) So really, it's like you've got an entire... It actually contains multitudes because it is a dueling perspective. (laughs) It contains Um, This is actually an incredibly... Yeah, truly, like, this is a a nuanced... telling of um like the battle between genders and and how that we should we should relate to each other but then you're correct it is also literally about dogs being chased out of a like being out of a kennel and being chased down in cars so um i don't know what to do with that uh but i do think that's this i feel like this video is a scapegoat personally (laughs) like i feel like they made this super sexist song and then they were like oh no somebody might find out that this song is sexist so we'll make this video about dogs that have escaped to hide our sexist tendencies and everybody Mm. saw through that bs this or they were just like we don't have we don't have time to unpack the like the nuance of this the the gender but like politics that we have brought up that they wrote this song. What are they going to do? Do a music video about how they're all a bunch of, like, perverts hitting on women? Well, There, there is a part towards the end of, of the music video where you literally do ha- see men catcalling women and women responding who let the dogs out. So they quite true. literally have that exact exchange play out in the music video. Touche. Touche. This song was so popular for like like X, X months. It was like it was it Years. was be, it was being used in like commercials for kid shows. It was being used for like toys. Like it was it was being used 
everywhere because it had this a p- seemingly PG meaning of like, oh my god, there's dogs everywhere. Who let them out? <laughs> and well, there were actually so there. That's a fun fact. There were two music videos for this song. I, I had to find the correct one because they re-released a music video for this song with uh, Rugrats in Paris because this was like the big song in the Rugrats in Paris soundtrack. So they released a version of this video that is this video intercut with footage from Rugrats in Paris that makes even less sense than this video does. Well, I mean, Rugrats in Paris is a, is a great takedown of gender politics. There like. are two Rugrats movies, correct? There are three Rugrats okay. movies. I will say One that of them involves I, the wild uh, thornberries, and I haven't seen it. I do own the original Rugrats, the movie soundtrack, as well as uh, the original Pokemon, the movie soundtrack. Both it's a great are soundtrack. incredible. Uh, I do want to talk... The only thing that really... Because I feel like you both... All, all three of you really hit the nail on the head with the nuance of the text of this song. So I wanted to talk briefly about the framing device of this video, not the fact that a bunch of dogs get out, but the fact that a bunch of dogs get out while on an episode of who wants to be a zillionaire, a man is answering the zillion dollar question, who let the dogs out? And we, here's the thing. And I don't know if this is specific to who wants to be a zillionaire. There are no choices. He has to answer it freeform. Well, first and foremost, and there is no who wants to be a zillionaire. It's who wants to be a millionaire. Well, not in the Bahamian universe. Yeah, it's not in the Bahamian universe, but in the regular universe. There's only who wants to be a millionaire. Did yeah, but the, for these three minutes but and 36 seconds, I'm in the Bahamian universe. Bahamian? But if we're, if we're going Bahamian. If Go we ahead, are going Anna. through the Baja Men universe, which is based in the real world, which is who wants to be a millionaire, I'm just saying, I don't know if there's a free form who wants to be a millionaire question. I think that is false. I think they are all multiple choice. Well, no, I agree. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. I am not, as a viewer, and this is why I don't like this video. As a viewer, I am not any closer to figuring out who let the dogs out at the end of this video than I was at the beginning. If at the end they showed a guy dressed as the fucking Hamburglar sneaking away from the pound, like he just let out all these dogs, I'd be like, okay, now I know. But I don't. I'm going to tell you who let the dogs out. And I am a glass of wine in, and I spilled my other glass, so now I'm drinking absinthe. So I just want to let you know where I'm at. Oh, my God. Um, It's all I have, okay? I'm really low on liquor, so I'm Now I'm doing bathtub gin. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Bathtub gin. Made it in my own toilet. It's fine. Um, This is the ayahuasca I took to get to Aaron's party. You want to know who let the dogs out? The Baja men let the dogs out because they were all a bunch of pervs acting pervy. And they couldn't be gentlemen for one freaking moment at one party. And they let the dogs out. That's who let the dogs out. The Baja men. But the Baja men say, are the dogs. Did they let themselves out? Yes, they let their pervy little alter egos out. Anna, Anna, dogs don't have thumbs. 
<laughs> okay, Lauren, Lauren. All right, uh, I'd like to say, first of all, the patriarchy let the dogs out. Um, second of all, I just looked at the lyrics for the end of this song. Thank and God. I think that there's a really interesting uh, three-act structure to this song um, that tells the story of a man becoming radicalized and becoming an incel. Um, <laughs> we do live in a Bahamian society. <laughs> The song starts with the Baja men at the club, at the party, and they're like, oh, we see some women getting harassed, and then the women are like, oh, who let the dogs out? And he's like, that's pretty fucked up. And then he's like, actually, that's just how it should be. Men can't help catcalling women. And the women double down, and they say, who let the dogs out? The women fight back, and then this guy's like, that's bullshit. Ultimately, I'm gonna side with men. Because then the rap break at the end has him fully doubling down on, I'm a dog now. Hold on, <laughs> Ian, can I read like, this? Ian, would you like Hold to on. do a dramatic, I feel like a man needs to read this. It's a, it needs to be a dramatic reading. Yeah. This is him fully radicalized, being like, I'm one of the dogs that has been let out. I have joined the pack of running dogs. <clears throat> if I was a dog, the party is on. I gotta get my groove on, cause my mind done gone. <laughs> Can't you see the rays coming from my eyes, walking through the place like Digiman, breaking it down? Me and my white tail, short coat, can't see color, any color will do. I'll stick it on you. That's why they call me Pitbull, because I'm the man of the land. When they see me, they say, ooh. Who let the dogs out? This is a journey this man has undergone. This man now thinks he is a literal dog. <laughs> So he let himself out. He let himself out. And um, and now he is roaming free with the other dogs. Yeah. So truly, it is it is about how men, when faced with women being harassed, will always choose to side with the other man. <laughs> Can I do a side note really quick? It was, I feel like such an idiot. Like truly, I not even feel like I am an idiot. Uh, because it was like two years ago <laughs> that I realized that the Baja men was just a two-word version of saying Bahamian. And it took me so long to realize <laughs> that. that. Like Flowrider? No, I got Flowrider because I was like, the fuck spells a rider like that? But no, the Baja men, I truly didn't know. Uh, and then somebody, I remember seeing it and then hearing somebody say Bahamian very shortly after and being like, oh, that's actually a really great band. <laughs> yeah, and yep. so to ride the coattails of that statement, I, you, given what a poetic joyride this song and music video is, I think it's worth stating the dancing is fantastic. Like it's great. The, yeah. the party they are having at the end. Oh man, I would uh, fuck Aaron's party. I want to be <laughs> with those people. Yeah, <laughs> fuck Aaron's party. I don't want to hang out with those high schoolers. I don't want to hang out with those prepubescent jerks. They're in middle school. Fuck them. I want to hang out with the Baja men. I, I don't like, you know. Oh, so you want to hang out with, with a the bunch dogs? of sexist dogs? We're going to get, no, here's the thing. Okay. Of these wow. six videos, we're going to get to wow, the world. Wow, your true colors. We're going to get to the world that I most want to live in soon. It's the Hoobastank world, right? Jesus. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I would like to say a side note, and you can cut this little bit out, but I just want to say this is the most fun I have had. <laughs> since the pandemic has started. 
I'm not cutting that out at all. I need you to keep that in because 10 minutes ago she said, this is all I have. (laughs) (laughs) Great. All right. Shall we go to the next video? Yes, let's do it. Excellent. So the next video, folks, if you're queuing up with us, it is... Hoobastanks, the reason from 2004. I might fall. See you on the other side. Oh, Oh, baby. (laughs) Baby. I have a quick question before we get into it. Which which commercial is YouTube showing you guys before? before You didn't show me any before this one. I think we didn't get one. Yeah, they didn't show me one. YouTube wants me to buy insurance so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, though. I I have The best part of watching that video is watching Anna lose her goddamn mind the first minute of it. I have so many thoughts. I was I I won't lie. I laughed too hard at the beginning of the music video. With when this Liv Tyler looking lady got hit by a got car. Hit by a car. <laughs> and he was like sad, but he was like feet feeling sad you know he's like oh, oh he's feeling himself yeah i'm yeah, so really sad himself. i was i was crying i was crying i was laughing so hard um, i love that he hits her with a car and then immediately sings i'm not a perfect person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also i'm sorry can we talk about this uh, nobody can see me but i'm doing parentheses ruby that is like shaped like the half. Kiara stone? Yeah, that's shaped like half of a freaking D and D die. No, it's <laughs> shaped like those ninety snacks, those jelly gushers or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a gusher. It's a gusher. No, so so it's called the Kiara Star Ruby in the video. They call it that. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. There is no such thing as the Kiara Star Ruby. There is a Star Ruby, and Kiara, I guess, is just the name of one of their girlfriends. Hey. <laughs> My question, though, is, is the old man who we see with the bad haircut, with the white hair... The guy who looks like Julian Assange, yeah. Is he the bassist or, or the guitarist or the... No. Or, no. Because they do, the, like, fade-in-and-out kind of motion that very much instigated that he no, was the same person. I think that's him realizing, oh shit, these little vagrants are probably robbing my shop right now. Mm-hmm. Now I'll never trust somebody getting hit by a car outside of my <laughs> shop. <laughs> I'll leave them to die in the fucking street. Old man Withers realized like, nah, fuck, maybe I shouldn't keep the Kiara Star Ruby in the back room of my fucking pawn shop. The Kiara Star Ruby is under like a hundred bucks. Like, he pulls out so little cash. Like, it's, like, maybe $1,000. And then yeah, the they Kiara Star Ruby. They rob this place, and they are taking a ruby that's, like, you know, the size of a gusher, <laughs> along with probably, like, $3,000 in fives. Yeah. I bet like, they walk away with twelve grand, split five ways, not worth committing a felony. <laughs> yeah. Also, how did young John Cusack? Because that's what the singer looks like. How did young John Cusack outrun the cops? Wait, wait, wait. He's wait, driving wait, like an wait, old wait, jalopy. Wait, wait, wait. I'm so sorry. The singer does not look like a young John Cusack. The singer looks like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who kind of looks like a young John Cusack. Yeah. Like, if John Cusack no. did Shape of Water, like, that'd be what this guy was. No. We'll, no. we'll agree okay, to disagree okay. on so this point, Anna. Who, That's all okay, I have so to say to that. Cl- no. cl- 
clearly I'm not a perfect person. I used to, you know, my my gang and I used to rob pawn shops. Who is the singer singing to? The girl who got hit by the car. No, she was part of the gang. She was in on it. Yeah, no, 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 no. She's the girl next door who they have convinced to be the decoy. Or in fact, they probably didn't even convince her. She was like, I volunteer to be the decoy because white girls are so stupid. Um, she so was she like, was- when I was 16, I snuck out of my parents' house to go to Aaron's party. So I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they fake hit her with a car and she uses her one year of an acting degree to pretend that she's hurt <laughs> on the ground. And then Maybe she went to stunt school. She got hit by that car for real. That car I, was I going do... like five miles an hour. She had to be like, oh no. Well, it's a slow song. I do feel like I, we got to see so much because the song is, yes, it's about Hoobastank, the band, robbing a pawn shop. Um, but the thing that I wish we saw, because we get to see over the course of the video, um, them like, doing training and figuring out where things are thanks to the use of an overhead projector. Um, but but the thing we don't get to see is them practicing hitting her with the car, yeah. which I wish we just had one cutaway of them in like a middle school parking lot where they just like, were like, okay, ready? And she gave the thumbs up and then they like went way too hard and she went too hard and they were like, cool. I do think- <laughs> It's just about- like knowing each other's like limits. You I know? do think if she's willing to get hit by a car, there's better ways to make money. Also, if she's willing to get hit by a car, she should be getting most of this money. If, she, yeah, if, she, if she's willing, willing to get, to get, by, get hit yeah. by a car, she should have an OnlyFans account. <laughs> <laughs> that is the OnlyFans account. It's just footage of her getting hit by Hoobastank cars. <laughs> yeah, the, and the fucking getaway driver had to get away. That's an uh, that's an uncertain aspect of this fucking plan here. But but he, it wait, was him. It, it was Hoobastank. It was. Like, but, <laughs> yes, that was John Hoobastank. So if this, if this impressionable young white woman was in on the thing, why does he need to write a song convincing her that he's a better person? She likes it. She's like, he's yeah, not, we're robbers con- now. No, no, Jacob. He's not convincing her. He's convincing himself. <laughs> oh, see, I just dis- because of her. He is convincing her. I think he is convincing her by saying, "Look, I'm not a perfect person. And that's something I got to live with every day. I would not be able to pull off this robbery. The reason I can pull off this robbery is you. I mean, the like, reason that's is you. Real, but like, listen, as as a 20s, I can say this for one more year. As a 20s." white girl, I can say that a guy never has to convince me to do anything. <laughs> I am like, you like me? We are gonna rob Hit a bank. Car. Done. Hit me. <laughs> Let's go. Is this is this where that phrase like, oh my god, Sh- Timothy Chalamet, run me over with your Hoovasang car came from? <laughs> The payoff for it is not like the money from the diamond. It just seems like it's like no, we really just wanted like the star diamond so we could like sit around and look at each other through the red they filter. Live- this is such white people nonsense. No, no. <laughs> they live in an abandoned mansion somewhere. <laughs> they're squatting. They're, they're squatting. Like we never see <laughs> their ba- riches from this moment. I can just rob yeah. pawn shops forever, and <laughs> I'll be young forever. 
And this is so, this, this is a plan. Yeah, so so here's the thing I will say. This is my uh, a big thing for me like genuinely about music videos is there are certain music videos I'm really getting into the meat of it now where I can't uh extricate the song from the music video. Like when I hear the song, the video plays in my head. And sometimes there are like a special type of song that can stand alone as their own thing and you don't really need the video for it or the video heightens an aspect of the song. This song is so fucking boring without this music video that they needed something this convoluted and insane to be the basis of the video, which is why, which is why it got nominated for two VMAs. (laughs) I don't know how, because this is the most boring music video that matches the most boring song ever. And I'm sorry, can we rewind to the beginning of this conversation and bring up the fact that they robbed this bank and they plan it using an overhead projector from your high school science class? That's how it's relatable. And they're literally like, like it shows a finger tapping the part of the diagram that says door. (laughs) This is the door. This is where we X... The safe. <laughs> you just did X marks the spot. There we go. I also like how essentially it's like, they could have just robbed the store with two people, but they were like, I don't know. We got four members of the band. What are we going to do with these guys? Right? Yeah, no. And so this is different. This is different than, oops, I did it again. And um, Backstreet's Back. Because those movies, th- those music videos were like, all right, we have a solid banger of a song. Now we need to make we need to make it visual. Let's go off the wall and do something crazy. Go to Mars, have a Halloween party. This song party. is go to Mars. Here's twenty bucks. Go to Mars, have a Halloween party. <laughs> this song is equally removed from the song. This music video is equally removed, but it's them not going rogue it's them digging too deep and trying to super motivate the lyrics of the song yeah and it becomes just as distant just as unrelated but it's embarrassing because they tried they're retroactively trying to give uh meaning and value to the song they should have done it in space I want to know what happened to the other people that were watching this. Like, there's a girl who's, like, straight up about to cry Mm -hmm. because this woman got hit by a car. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, like, after this Liv Tyler lookalike gets up and gets on the back of a moped with the bassist and scoots off, is she like, uh, fuck me, I guess? (laughs) Like, what's going on? I would be so mad. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, well, okay, I was really scared. That was, like, my whole Tuesday afternoon. I'd be so mad. I think if she's willing to get hit by a car, she just should just throw herself in front of rich people's cars and just get that money. Yeah, sue them. Yeah, just sue rich people. Throw yourself in front of a city bus. That's what I've been trying to do for years. (laughs) (laughs) Anna and I have been having this conversation. Our friendship is, like... Anna and I talk about money a lot for some reason. We're like just trying to not be we're poor when we're bitches. ancient. We just we just don't want to be poor when we're old. That's all we care about. And you know, I and, I, and I'm 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 trying to convince her to open a retirement account. And she I'm a and whenever we talk about oh good. And so whenever we talk about 
like money or student debt or whatever, she just breaks down sometimes <clears> and goes, Ugh, can't I just get hit by a Chicago City bus? <laughs> uh, two things. One, Anna thinks this song is super boring for having laughed till the point of tears for the first full minute of it. <laughs> so, you know what? Big talk, Anna. <laughs> um, <laughs> Two, uh, I really wish this song had been slightly bigger because I feel like I wish that there was an mm, what you say style meme about it. That anytime a character betrays someone else, they just play "I'm not a perfect person." Uh, all all right. right, shall we? Bring shall we home. move on to the final video? Yeah. Yes. yes, let's do it. All right, the final video, folks. Please cue it up with us. This video is for "Roses" by Outcast. Oh, here we go. And the Oscar for the most adults cast as teenagers. Goes to. <laughs> so here's here's my reasoning for wanting to include this. I think this is the greatest music video of all time. <laughs> Unironically, he I, loves this music. I video. think this video is incredible. Anna, I would like. Maybe not of all time because I really am such a big, iconic Britney fan. But I would like to say that I honestly think that this is one of the best music videos of our generation. 100%. 100% agree. Uh, Jacob, thoughts? Have you seen this before? No, I haven't. I know this song. I know the song very well from the zeitgeist. But it's... (laughs) But, like, this... This, I, I actually I want to know how much of the dialogue and the outtakes are actually in the song, if any or not at all. But like the story, the depth of like the character, it's it's it, it, it's I don't even fuck Baja men, fuck Aaron. I want to go to this party. <laughs> yeah, this is the world I want to live in. Lauren, what what are your thoughts? It's so fun. I had not seen this video until you showed it to me. Like I think. I want to say yesterday um so all days good. blend together at this point um and i was and like i'm really impressed i i think that like i think what this song like what this music video gets is that like there's just an innate silliness to the idea of a music video mm-hmm. so why don't you and like there's an innate theatricality and like a, a like it's never gonna feel like realistic or whatever so just like just fucking have fun just do it like make a big swing and like just like people just are tuning in to see like people have charisma and sing this song that they enjoy and like the ad libs are really great the like look back at the past oh my god yeah it's my favorite it's so funny it's genuinely first like i've seen like four or five cat williams stand-up specials i think this is the funniest i've ever found cat williams (laughs) it's like (laughs) two lines he has in this so my my question about that is is in high school I thought Cat Williams was hilarious, and I still like him. I've just I'm just used to him now. But I, he was my he was one of my top three comedians in high school, and I'm just curious now. At the time of this recording, was Cat Williams yet Cat Williams, or was this like early Cat Williams? This was early Cat Williams. Oh, this well, was like bef- like maybe his first or second because this is 2004. So this was like maybe his first. Like stand up special had been out at this point. I so I came to Cat Williams through this video because I was a huge Outcast fan growing up. Um, and when and, and then you know started to get into a lot more like rock and and pop punk and stuff, uh, just a great genre as Anna knows. But uh, but, but then um, obviously like Hey Ya came out in two thousand three and became like the biggest fucking song ever. Yeah. 
because Speaker Box and The Love Below, which is the the Outcast double album that eventually went on to win Album of the Year, came out, and this was the third single on that. And this video also does something that I fucking love, um, which is as the third single. It's directed by a person named Brian Barber, and Brian Barber directed every video from this album. Nice. So you have a you have a, the the same aesthetic going across all of your releases from that. And I just think that that's it's great. It's a, it's a really good call. It creates such a brand for that particular album and that particular sound. It's so smart. Like you said, the charisma is there. I fucking love this. Sorry, Anna, go. <laughs> no, you're okay. First and foremost, the thing that I love about this music video is it's fun and it's out there, but it's still within the realm of what this song is. Um, yes and the song feels so high school but it's so any like i don't know like i would pay i like i would pay embarrassing amounts of money for big boy and andre benjamin to come back together and make another album i know they won't but i would pay large amounts of money, of money. yeah the, the, so the other thing that I love about this, so to set it up for listeners who haven't seen it, this whole video takes place at a high school. It's very Grease, mm -hmm. and you've got the cool kids that are led by Big Boy, and their gang is called Speaker Box, which is great because it represents the Speaker Box side of the of the double album that is this album, which is more uh, Big Boy heavy, which features a lot more... Um, just a lot more like kind of straight up rap. And then you've got this spring musical that's being put on called The Love Below, which is the other part of the album that Andre Benjamin did uh, most of the music for. And it's a like it's a it's a fucking musical. It's a school musical. And they have all of these cardboard sets and costumes. I love everything they do. I think it's authentic. I think it's real. I think it's fun, which is mm -hmm. what I want in music. Um, yeah. And what I want in music videos. The, the other thing I love about this video, and they and we get this a lot in the Britney video and in the Bahamut video, there's so many colors. It's so colorful, yeah. and it's just like so for vibrant. six minutes, I'm just transported into this like almost animated live action world, and it's mm -hmm. fucking fantastic. I mean, Brian Barber came back and he directed like the Morris Brown video, which is a great song uh, on a really underrated album uh, of theirs. Yes. Um, Idlewild, which we will definitely be doing that movie on the podcast soon. But, um, but yeah, so it's like this, this dude just like got the outcast, like visual aesthetic and they just rode this to the bank. I think in Aaron's party, you have some talented backup dancers, but Do you? it looks, well, they, whether or not the choreography is good, it looks like they're up to the task, but it looks like they're just collecting a paycheck. But at least in this music video, it looks like everyone is not collecting a paycheck like the performances are engaged they're just yeah. fucking in it you know in it to win it like this this music video i guess i just want to say it's like a success like i think on the other music videos we've talked about what they were trying to do and this music video was exactly what it wanted to be this music video does it it didn't it didn't seem um like they were pushing anything too hard. My favorite thing, and I call it out every time we watch it, is there's a one second shot of Faison Love doing the Carlton in the goddamn audience. And it's like Faison Love, who's an incredible comedian in his own right, shows up to be like, not featured at all, but just like a dude doing the Carlton in the audience here. Uh, let's go around and do some plugs. Uh, uh, Lauren, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, this show? Um, and then also The Vanishing Act, which we all work on um, in various capacities. 
Um, you can find us at Vanishing Pod on all social media. You can find us um, if you're on a pod chaser right now. You can look up Vanishing Act right now. That's our scripted show. We all either we all I think we all act in it. Yep. And we all work behind the scenes in some capacity. Um, so check it out. Um, the first, obviously, is always Theater Evolve. Um, eventually, we'll be back doing shows, so check us out. Uh, www.theaterevolve.com And uh, the second thing is uh, Jacob and I's new venture, um, Chicago Artist Atlas. You can find us at chiartistatlas.com. Um, we are a comprehensive one-stop shop for all things performing arts in Chicago, from um, audition postings to uh, directories, master classes, how-to guides, um, it's it's going to be massive and epic. Oh, and sometimes I make jewelry, so you can find me at Salt of the Earth <laughs> on Zibit. I would like to plug a television show on Amazon Prime called The Expanse. Season 5 is coming out on December 16, and I will be playing a secret surprise one-handed guy running around having space adventures. It was a lot of fun to shoot, and I really hope people check it out. I also want to plug The Vanishing Act. I play Gunther Zimmer, and I'd like to plug Theater Evolve as soon as we can open again. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Please feel free to leave us a five-star review on all of your podcast providers, uh, and that would be super dope. Uh, I want to thank Jacob. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Lauren. You are all welcome back whenever, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll do this one uh, again if you guys like it. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Bye. Bye.